Hey everyone, thank you for joining my 12th episode of Carrie Aller and Friends Coffee Chat. Today with me I have my sweet friend Amy Stewart. Hi Amy. Hello, how, how are, are you? I'm good, how are you? Good. Good. Okay, so first of all, I love Amy's voice. I just want to point that out. She's got like the perfect like radio voice. Say Hello. hi. <laughs> I could like listen to it all day. So Amy, what are you drinking? Um, it is French vanilla iced coffee, and it's a lot cheaper than what I was spending going through a drive through <laughs> so trying to, you know, cut the cost. There you go. I'm with you on that. <laughs> I could go to Starbucks every day and just spend, like, hundreds of dollars a day just on coffee. I know. But, yeah, I'm drinking coffee, too. I have my caramel macchiato creamer that I love. I'm obsessed with creamer. And everyone, you know, I want to go on these diets and stuff. And they're like, you got to cut out the creamer. I'm like, nope, that's not going. Yeah, that is one thing I haven't, through my journey, cut out yet. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> that will be the last thing to right. go. <laughs> uh, well, Amy, I just wanted you to come on here today because I know that you have such a powerful story. Um, Amy is a cancer survivor And she has such a powerful story. So right now, if you're listening and you're going through a similar situation, I want you to be encouraged um, through her story. So Amy, will you share a little bit about your journey? Well, so my journey actually started with my sister. It was a year before I was diagnosed that my sister was diagnosed. And it was really a shock. Yeah. And um, what I realized through that was... It was really hard to be on that side of things. And, um, you know, every day, even though my sister was in Florida and I felt very helpless, first of all, just helpless that, you know, I couldn't do much, but I am then helpless that I was so far away. But what I felt like the Lord had impressed upon me was whether she responded or didn't respond to send her words of encouragement on a daily basis, which also was healing for me because I felt like I could at least make an impact in that that regard. So that was something that I did. Yeah. And um, so my sister was actually stage one, and she did a lumpectomy, and... um, then they they did, it's called an Anki score, and they scored her tumor, and they thought they caught it so early that that would be it, was just removal. And then the Anki score, it's like a score from zero to 100, which they didn't do that here in Oklahoma on my tumor, but um, hers was like, they said, normally it's 13, and... And it came back, and it was 67. Oh, my goodness. And so they then proceeded to tell her, okay, now we're going to have to do chemo and radiation. And so that just made the wheels spin in her mind that much more. You know, she thought she was through. Right. And and she wasn't. So my mother and I both tried to, to go and visit and be there for her treatment through that time. And then it was probably in September. uh, It was, yeah, in September of 2016, I found, you know, a a lump and, um, or that my breast had looked different Mm -hmm. to me. And I was like, okay, what is this? This is so strange. And they, they kept telling my sister it was all the fertility medication that she had done. And I was like, well, I didn't do any of that. So I'm good. You know, this is, 
this is just something strange. We'll have to check it out and see. And so basically what ended up happening is um, I, I went and had it checked out and they said, oh, I think it's a cyst, you know, but we'll refer you for a mammogram AKA Mammo Slam yeah. is what yeah. <laughs> what the nurse practitioner at Nursey calls it, which is pretty accurate. Yeah. Because I had never had one of those because I just had no idea because I knew they were changing like when they do the testing yeah. at to like 45 and I was 44 at the time. And my sister was 49 when she was diagnosed. But um, my joke is for Mindy is that she just starved that tumor whereas I like to eat more than she does <laughs> it's like she's she almost starved it to death but it barely survived so anyway um whenever I went in and did the the mammogram or they basically immediately wanted to you know they took a while and then they were like we need to do an ultrasound it was like all the same day and I was like okay, you know, I didn't really know what to expect. And and then they were like, okay, we need to do a biopsy and can you come tomorrow? And I was like, wow, wait a second. Basically, whenever it was, you know, I had to do the mammogram and then the ultrasound and then they said they would immediately, you know, the next day get me in for a biopsy. And I was, you know, in the room with the radiologist and I did tons of research like just trying to figure out is this is it not and this was fast because everything was happening so quickly and um you know basically I said oh is it was there blood because I had heard if there wasn't blood that it would be a cyst and she was like oh there was a lot of blood and I was like so I knew it wasn't probably going to be the best news. But she basically turns away from me and says, well, since you and your sister both have cancer, and I was like, what? Wait. I was by myself. I was like, what, I have cancer? And she's like, well, and then she speaks over me, and I would suggest not to speak this verse over anyone Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And I was like, I'm going to die. <laughs> and I'm like, oh this is gracious. what's going through my mind. And I just don't think that's a good verse to speak over people when they just are newly diagnosed. Yeah. Um, but because I couldn't get that out of my head. And I know she was trying to be compassionate, but that just wasn't a verse I would choose to right. speak over someone. Right. So anyway, um, you know, I called my husband. He immediately came home from work and was with me. And, you know, then it was over a holiday weekend, so it took longer. Oh, gracious. To find out, you know, which was, she was correct, but sometimes they're not correct. So if they diagnose you before, don't always think that it's going to be because my um, mother actually knew a woman that the same doctor had said, that she had cancer and she didn't once the biopsy came back. So don't always just go with that. Yeah. Um, And yes, she, you know, had been doing it for a long time, but she, you know, but yes, mine was um, breast cancer and I got in right away. Um, Mercy was amazing to get me 
Ellen Wardlaw is the nurse navigator, and she got me right in to get the port in. Because I once I knew I had it and the size, because they did a they did a PET scan and they did an MRI, and it, my tumor was three inches by two inches, and then there was a couple of places lighting up on the PET scan. One happened to be under my arm, mm. and um, the other was um, where my ovaries are, which made me concerned because... Yeah. But basically, when they do um, the PET scan, that um, radiation... or the They put, like, some radiation in your um, blood, mm. and it whenever it starts to... It's like the um, cells tend to react to the, like, if there's any activity going on in cells, and cancer cells will show up. And this is going to sound really crazy, but um, I could actually feel, and it was sugar and the radiation, I could feel my tumor. It was like it was eating up the sugar, which was insane. And they said they had never heard anybody say that, but I think it was the size was pretty large and it was because I think it was around nerves and Mm. I could really feel it. And it reminded me of like, I think it was Chet from weird science and he was like, (laughs) like eating something up, you know? And I was like, this is very strange. Or like (laughs) Pac-Man. Yeah. Like, come on, give me some more of that. Yeah. So, um, what my nutritionist said is that, um, Cancer is a bully for the sugar. It's not that for some reason it tends to process more of it mm. than the other cells. So it's it really is kind of like shoves shoves those other little healthy cells out of the way and says, "Give me that sugar." Yeah. So that's why I need to get rid of the cream, but haven't done that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in moderation, people. Right. <laughs> so um, so I basically did a port, and we did chemo first. Because of what I had read about my type of cancer was that it could react really well to the chemo. So God was right there in that. I mean, from the very beginning, he was with my sister. He was with me mm-hmm. throughout the whole journey. Um, but my tumor went from three inches by two inches to two millimeters, almost wow. non-existent, which made the um, surgery easier for the surgeon as well as myself. So, um, basically I did a mastectomy and I had to have my 18 lymph nodes were removed. And then from there we went straight to, um, radiation and, um, I did 33 radiation treatments and then, um, I did what's called a deep flap surgery. And here in Oklahoma, you have to wait, almost like six months to a year to do a deep flap after radiation. And I just prayed at the very beginning that the Lord would put exactly the right doctors in place for me. And, you know, I, at the time I didn't even really think about, this is really a lifetime journey. This isn't just a doctor for a day. Right. <laughs> this right. is like doctors for the rest of my life that I'll be communicating with. And basically, um, you know, he just led me. And actually, he led me through Project 31, which is a breast cancer support group here in Oklahoma that meet at 
different hospitals, and it's just amazing to see what the Lord is doing with this group of women, and it's been, you know, they wanted it not to be negative, right? but to be focused on the Lord and, you know, build each other up and help each other, and... I love that. Yeah, it's it's abs- it's just been amazing for for me through the healing process. I realized once I went, I was kind of hesitant, and then once I went, I thought, "There's these women are amazing, and I want to yeah. be close to people that are positive and you know build me up and are going to pray for me through this time." And you know, I was able to. I mean, I felt immediately connected to them because of their journey. And I would strongly suggest to people to, you know, get involved in in a support group and and make sure that it's what you need, like that it's positive and helps you and helps you make good decisions in your health care because, you know, you can go several different ways really with even, you know, there's standards. However, Every doctor's a little bit different, so yeah, so it's kind of one of those deals where you want to, um, you know, basically make sure you have all the facts before you make the decisions, right? And um, I just also felt like the Lord, you know, placed upon my heart to choose joy through the journey, and I love that. so that's been amazing. But what I was going to say about having the deep flap was I was able to do that in two months. My skin was ready, and which was, you know, really kind of a miracle. Women were, like, amazed. They're like, what? You could do it after... So what is a deep flap? The deep flap is basically where, in the past, they used to do it... um, I think it was called a tram flap. I may be getting that incorrect, but in the past, they actually used to take your... um, abdominal muscles, which was really hard on the body to recover, they would take that and basically take out all the breast tissue and replace it with like your abs, which is kind of sounds kind of strange, but now they've come so far that the deep flap, it's, they basically cut you like a football. You, they call it the mommy package <laughs> where they where they pretty much give you a tummy tuck and then they take that fat and they microsurgically um replace your breast tissue with your stomach tissue your stomach fat so that is a positive thing that has come from this I'm like I have a very um, tight stomach and, uh, some of the other areas are not so tight now, but I'm like, Hey, I'll take it. I'll take whatever I can get. So they actually had to, um, recreate a belly button for me. Uh-huh. And then they had to make sure that the vessels, um, were, you know, like, cause I'd had C-sections. So, and that probably was in my favor because then whenever I did the surgery, I couldn't really feel it that much. But these doctors are so amazing. A lot of women say here in Oklahoma their recovery time is is long. And I was up and walking, and my husband can attest to this. I had to, before I left um, Texas, I needed to make sure I had um, a certain eyeshadow from the store that I couldn't get here. So we I love that. 
my ass. We went to like a outlet mall, like that's huge. And so I was kind of bent over because what they end up doing is then they take your skin and they pull it down and sew it across over your abdomen. And um, so the skin's tight, but it's just so amazing how our bodies are so beautifully and wonderfully made that, (laughs) you know, just the fact that the skin can actually grow and repair and become more elastic over that area, you know? So for a while I was a little bit bent over and I just would say, okay, stand up straight, you know, and, and it just how the skin, you know, just revived and, it's just so amazing. And then the other thing I want to say about our bodies is, you know, even though I had my lymph nodes removed, um, and that was definitely has been a challenge. I had no idea that the lymph nodes, you know, make such a difference for our bodies. And their purpose is basically to get the bacteria out of the body. And it's almost like a water system within our body And what's interesting is really if you look on a diagram, it almost looks like a cross because our bodies, um, the way the waterways work within our bodies, it goes across under our chest and then straight down our stern, you know, the middle. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So that's kind of how like the fluids are rerouted through our body. And, you know, it's just so amazing that... Um, you know, basically I would manually have to reroute the fluid, but the fact that our bodies are designed where that you can do that. So I would almost have to do kind of like a light touch thing across, like in a certain formation um, to help so my arm wouldn't get so swollen. And I know in the past, these poor women would just be so miserable with, you know, the swelling of the fluid and just science has come so far, but I feel like it's because the Lord has revealed, you know, things to these doctors so they can help us yeah. through our journey. Yeah. And um, that's been amazing. And um, through this journey, um, I found out that um, my sister and I have the BRCA2 gene, and that was you know, one of the things that, um, that we'll have to think about for our children. And, um, so what is that gene? What does that mean? Um, well, an example would be, you know, Angeline Jolie, like kind of was the poster child and the pioneer for going through with, um, basically making choices before she got cancer where, um, so it's it's basically a broken gene in there that over time, because I had a, a woman explain it to me that does the testing for the gene, mm-hmm. um, what happens over time is when that coding is, is broken, then your risk of the repair to a cell um, doesn't necessarily happen. Oh, okay. So um, usually for women like our chance with the BRCA2 of breast cancer is like 87% in our 40s. Oh, wow. And um, it's a high risk for um, ovarian cancer, um, but not as high 
So what we ended up doing was then, so once my sister found out, you know, it kind of rocked her world because I found out first because it was so expensive, you know. It was like a $4,000 test if you had no history of it before. Mm -hmm. And so I said, you know, I'll go ahead and do it. And then, you know, I had it. And then Mindy threw, like, some of the chemo drugs after that blocked the estrogen. Um, She got a thickening of the lining in her uterus. And they were like, well, if you had, you know, and they knew I had the BRCA2. They said, if you, you know, have this gene, then then basically insurance will approve, you know, just a hysterectomy without anything additional just knowing you have the gene yeah and knowing the risk there so so you your sister basically she paved the way so to speak for you like you kind of saw what she was going through and then you were able to be a help to her and then she was able to do that for you but then about the gene stuff you kind of paved the way for her yes yeah that's exactly right and um you know she basically didn't tell us at first that she had tested for it, and then when she found out that she had it, it was it's a it's a spiraling effect. Um, and I know um, you know some people say, "Isn't that great that you know why you got cancer?" Well, yeah, I mean it's good to know. Really, the thing that I think that is good to know about it is knowing ahead of time, and actually knowing now that there are. Um, things that they have in place, if you have a high risk and you know you have that gene, then they actually will start, you know, like say the girls or, you know, the boys, but usually the risk is higher for the, the girl around 25 on possibly looking at hormone blockers that would help them not to go down that route because, you be you're pro I'm sorry you'd be proactive versus not yeah. having a clue wow so that's amazing how far they've come and yeah they have fantastic um doctors that are you know genetic count they have an amazing genetic counselor and a genetic doctor that were so like sweet and amazing just i mean she just had tears in her eyes just talking to me and she was so encouraging. She's like, you are so special and I know the Lord's going to do something amazing. And, and, you know, you remember those things through the journey and there's a lot that's foggy, but sure, you remember the prayers, you know, that, and you remember like all the people that rallied around you and, and it does, it takes, a village really yeah through the journey because everything that I had been through and working and really with the surgeries that I had I probably could have been off one of them probably like six weeks the deep flap um could have been 11 weeks the hysterectomy another six weeks and I was only off for a total of seven weeks for all oh of those surgeries. Wow. And I just want to say that my main prayer through this was that the Lord would lift me up on his wings. And when I did not have the energy, that he would give me his. And yeah. he absolutely did that. So, and I wanted to say that my sister, 
you know, going back to that, you know, her mind was kind of spinning out of control and then there was more decisions she had to make. And, you know, it's, it's definitely still been a battle. I mean, I'm still having to, um, you know, have, you know, every three months now, um, you know, ultrasounds or um, MRIs, but I'm just so thankful for the people that are in place. And one of the things that my sister did through my journey, and I saw actually her daughter did this. Mm-hmm. She um, she basically had written all these wonderful Bible verses, and I just loved it when I went to be with Mindy, mm-hmm. like just reading, and I thought, I'm just going to, you know, we're just going to believe and receive these verses that the Lord has given us through his word. And then whenever I was diagnosed, I was like, I need... I need those verses. Yeah. Write the, somebody, not me, but somebody else <laughs> write those verses down for me. Cause I was like, I have too much else to think about. So I just wanted to share a couple yeah. of the verses and I still have them in my house because I think it's amazing to cover our homes with the Lord's word. And, yeah. um, one of them that I keep beside my bed still is be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you. And my sister put my name in there, Amy, wherever you go. Oh, jo- Joshua 1 9. Now I'm going to have to go to my. And as she's looking at these pictures, she, she took pictures of these verses. And I just love it because they're up in our house everywhere. And it's just so powerful. Yeah. And I just, I'm not even taking them down because I'm like, hey, look how far we've come, Lord. We're going to keep <laughs> keep on going. That's right. And one of them is, um, well, the cards actually at the very top, all of the cards say you are abundantly loved mm. and it has the, um, breast cancer symbol, but you know, you could put whatever symbol, <laughs> whatever type of cancer the right. person's going through there. And one of them is, you know, with God, all things are possible. Matthew one, nine. Um, I love this one cause this one, um, my sister wrote, all of my family members on this. And it says, the Lord himself will fight for you, Amy, you, Paul, you, Sophia, and you, Christopher, Exodus fourteen fourteen, mm. which I think that's amazing because it's important for your family. I was very honest with them at the beginning because I didn't want them. We were just very open, and I just right. didn't want them to wonder. So through my journey, I just have been very matter of fact, not, not every detail, but you know, enough for them to know where I was in the journey and just amazing, you know, praying every night, you know, for healing for my sister, myself, you know, my husband would pray and my son surprised me because I, you know, I wasn't really sure he's 11 where his mind was at in this whole journey because he doesn't always talk about emotions, you know. That's a boy thing, whereas Sophia, (laughs) you know, um, talks about everything. But (laughs) 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 he did say um, that, that his prayer was, you know, wasn't, in his mind, his prayer wasn't, Lord, when are you going to heal her? How quickly are you going to heal her was his prayer. And I thought that was so sweet. Um, 
another one that um, we had was, I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. Mm. That's Second Kings 25. And then the very last one that I have here is, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future, Jeremiah 29, 11. And, you know, I just keep those up because it's just a reminder of what all I've been through, but just all the miracles along the way. Yeah. My recovery, I mean, I missed no work besides that seven weeks and was not sick through the chemo. I was not, I mean, yes, it, it tried to break me down, but I just kept thinking, you know, there's power in the name of Jesus and that I was going to just, you know, that he was going to help me and push me through. And, you know, through this journey, what I had found is, you know, not only were people a blessing to me, but I blessed them through the way I handled the journey, but I could not have done that without the Lord. Right. And you, you are such an inspiration and I got to kind of watch you go through this. And, you know, as you were talking, I started getting tears in my eyes and I, I just remember all of that, but through it all, whether you really felt this way, like during it or not, you just seemed so peaceful and it was God on you, you know? It was just overflowing in you, and you still had a smile on your face. And, you know, there's a fly that's trying to be a nuisance. Um, <laughs> it's getting on her mommy it fuel. It is. It is. But you you really are, like, such a such an inspiration. And I know that if you're listening right now and if you're going through a similar situation, I want you to know that you're not alone. I want you to know that there are people that are going through the same thing or have gone through the same thing and that um, there's always that connecting factor. There's those groups like Project 31, and I'm sure that's... Is that everywhere, or is that just uh, in Oklahoma? In Oklahoma. Okay. Um, I'd love to see it, you know, expand out. And yeah. that, I mean, the Lord has laid it on Sarah's heart, and what she's doing is putting in place, you know, a leadership team, which I'm on, to, you know, be there at the places that she can't do all of it now. It's getting yeah. too big. Right. And um, it's just been amazing to see, you know, the restored lives and, and the hope that's been given through just, it's, they're really great because she's so resourceful and brings in um, these doctors that, are in the medical field that deal with breast cancer. And so as patients, we can come in and ask questions that we might not have even had access wow. to some of these doctors, yeah. you know, or, you know, might've only had like a, or they might've just read a report and not ever seen them. And like the last meeting that I went to was a radiologist that reads, you know, all those, you know, she reads ultrasounds, MRIs, mammograms, and so just hearing her expertise and being able to ask different questions of when should I do this test and why should I do this test versus wow. this test, it's it's really been fantastic. And then just the love and support of the women. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of chat after <laughs> the doctors leave, yes. just lifting each other up and encouraging each other. And yeah. So I just, I definitely recommend you know, doing that and, 
you know, and if you feel like if you haven't ever been in this situation, but you feel, um, but you have a relative that is, and you feel called to do something, I would say just to take action on whatever the Lord's put on your heart, because they may be so like overwhelmed or just out of it because of whatever they're, you know, medically going through that, you know, just showing up and and doing whatever that is instead of saying, is there anything you need? Just let me know. They may not know, but just listen to the Lord and, and take action on whatever he lays on your heart. That's so good. And, you know, as people, we are very relational. That's why we are always constantly on social media. We are trying to make these connections with people. And God is a relational God. Um, it's not about religion. It's about a relationship. And so um, I would encourage you to, like Amy said, you find those people. And if you're on the opposite side of it and you're seeing someone you love go through it, you need to be there for them. And then always connected to God because he is the perfect healer. He is everything. Yeah. I mean, I just, I know through this journey that, you know, I had kind of a surprise situation recently and, and my mom reminded me, she said, Amy, you know, the Lord has been with you through all of this. He's been right by your side. And so we shouldn't even question that he's, he's going to still be there through this as well. And it, you know, it is, it's just amazing. And, and I just know that through this journey that, the fact that I am still here, that I need to make a difference in the lives of others and, Mm -hmm. and I need to make it to heaven because, you know, that is going to be the, the reward, (laughs) you know, these, these bodies are fleeting and, um, you know, it, I just, I felt like God was saying, you know, don't be vain through this and (laughs) which is very hard because, you know, when you, have always had positive feedback, you know, on your looks. It, it can it can be a challenge, but just know that my husband told me, he's like, it's still you, you know, hair, no hair, whatever. It's still you in there. And, you know, just let your light shine. And I just pray for everyone that's out there that, you know, the Lord will shine through them. Yeah. And you'll be like a beacon light and you won't even... People won't even know why they're drawn to you, but they will see something different in you. And that's my prayer, as well as a prayer of healing for you and your families, because there's emotional trauma through this journey. And, you know, God is so amazing that, you know, just lean on him and, and, you know, like my prayer, just have him lift you up when you, you can't do it because... He will show up in a mighty way. I love it so much. I'm so glad you got on the show today. And Thank you. Um, Amy, I, I just want to say this too before we kind of close, but if you are in need of someone to come in and talk to a group of women or even men, um, just people that are going through a similar situation, I know Amy would be more than happy to do so. Yeah. And um, Amy, is there a way they can get a hold of you through social media or anything like that? Well, or email or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do email okay. because I'm not the best on social media <laughs> just because I didn't have as much time for it sure. over the last couple of years. But um, you can definitely email me and actually you can email me at work. Um, that's fine. 
It's Amy, just A-M-Y dot Stewart, S-T-E-W-A-R-T. And then at Insurica, I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A dot com. So it's Amy dot Stewart at Insurica dot com. Feel free to email me and I'll be happy to respond back. And then, you know, if we need to talk further, then I can give you my, um, you know, phone number. You can text me, however you want to do that. But yeah, I'd love to hear from anyone that's in need and it definitely, you know, put you on our prayer list. My sister and I, you know, she has a prayer. Um, she's, she's a pastor's wife and yeah. of a, a large church in Florida and, and they have a team of people that pray and, and we were very much into the power of prayer and we would love to put you on our prayer list. So feel free to Definitely send me any prayer requests, and we'll start praying over them. And it's always a good idea to write those down because years later you can go back and see how the Lord answered them. Yes. And it touches you yet again years later. So <laughs> so true. That's why I love keeping a prayer journals because I like to look back and be like, okay, God did that, and he did that. And it it's not in the timing that we want always, and it doesn't look the way we planned or thought, but he does. He's so good. Well, thank you so much for being on today. Yeah, thank you. And again, you guys can get a hold of Amy through her email, and I know she'd love to bless you, and um, thank you so much. You guys have a great day. Thank you.